I want to welcome you this morning to what is going to be our Christmas series throughout the month of December. The title of it is called Coming Home. And you're just getting a little bit of an introduction, a little bit of a taste of what's going to carry on for the next couple weeks here. This was episode one. And each week it's going to take us a little closer to home. And what it's going to represent is something that we can see in the physical realm that actually is something happening to your heart and drawing you closer to home with God. As we unpack a little bit of this video, you see Abby struggling with some thoughts that are going through her mind. She is potentially a college-age student, living on her own, in her own place, and she's doing what most of us wish we could do, is watch funny reruns of sitcoms and eat as much eggnog as possible, right? Or drink as much. I don't know if there's any uh, here who have the special desire to put syrup in your eggnog. But it is definitely drawing. Did you get a sense, though, that something is churning, that Abby is in some sort of turmoil on the inside? Something's going on inside of her that she doesn't feel easy about and has to do with her home. Abby looks like she could be far from home or she could be very close to home. She may be just minutes away from home, But yet you can tell she's distracted, she's not settled, and so on the inside of her thoughts, she feels like she's far from home, not in a comfortable spot. But what does it mean to be far from home? What thoughts go through your mind? What processing? When that uneasiness settles in, that where you live is actually just minutes away, you could get there in a a short amount of time, but yet you feel like you are miles away. You feel so distant from it. What does it mean to be far from home? It means that you are not in a place where you feel settled or where there's peace. It means that you're feeling lonely because maybe you were rejected from home. You were told not to come back anymore. Just leave now. You're not welcome here. Maybe it means wherever you are doesn't matter because you are longing to be at a place where you feel safe where you feel valued, where you feel loved. That's what home should feel like. Were you thinking through with Abby some of the emotions that were stirring in her? You you could see it on her face. You could see it in her body language. She was at times frustrated when she would get a text from home. She was, uh, maybe she was a bit apathetic. She was just indifferent of like, who cares? It really doesn't matter. You could definitely see some confusion in her as as a friend called and invited her to the New York trip, and yet Abby's wrestling with what something else is drawing her that's deeper. Definitely she was conflicted, right? Are these some of the emotions you go through, or maybe you have gone through, when you felt very far from home? There's a a desire, because it should be right for me to go home, but then you're being pulled in an opposite direction or pushed away from, no, I just can't handle that anymore. Something else is stirring within Abby that I think many of us can relate to is how to deal with your emotions in the moment. Uh, one of the things she was doing was watching a, was supposed to be a, a comedy routine, a sitcom that's funny, but there wasn't a whole lot of laughter, was there? There wasn't any joy there. You could tell that she's torn on the inside. And then she was doing something that all of us do when it comes to emotions and we can't handle them. We just try and bury them with sweet food and sweet drinks and hope they'll go away. Or am I the only one in the room who does that? (laughs) 
But you could see she was just unsettled. Let's get another carton of eggnog out and let's just see if we can bury this and, and hide it. And it's interesting, the way we handle our emotions when we're uncomfortable, when we're hurting, we don't know what to do with them. And what's interesting about it as well is how God created us to do life together, and yet when we're confused or hurting, we feel like we should be an ostrich and go hide our head in the sand. If I just hide from all the turmoil that's going on over here, then I, I won't have to worry about it. But it's interesting also is that the rest of us around you can see that you've got your head in the sand and you're ignoring the turmoil that we can see in your life. How easy it is for us to see that in others and we deny it in ourselves. Oh, I'm fine. I got everything together. No, no. I don't, I don't need, you know, and we try to cover ourselves up. Is there anyone here who can relate to what Abby was going through? You're seeing it in a physical drama exposed here. But maybe it's describing a little bit of the feelings that's churning on the inside of you, your heart, your thoughts. It's not easy. There's pain there. So it's not easy just to turn around and go home to whatever home is. If we put it in a spiritual context, to go home spiritually, there can be pain and frustration. And I don't think God wants me to come back home. We literally feel so far from home on the inside of us. When we're far from home... Emotionally or physically, things like loneliness starts to set in and preoccupy us. We feel lonely like we're the only one left out. Everyone else is having a great time, but not me. Or maybe when we're far from home, we feel resentment because somebody close to us hurt us or rejected us and said, don't ever come back again. And that's the emotion we wrestle with. Maybe in your heart, on the inside, in a spiritual way, you feel even God wouldn't accept you, and you're wrestling with that lie. Have you ever felt this kind of loneliness, this kind of emptiness? You can see it in Abby's face, and it makes us wonder, did her parents kick her out? Or is this something she did to herself, and she's run away from home? And that's something you could think about in your own heart. Is it, a tr is it a lie that you believe that God kicked you out and doesn't want you to be close to him? Or is it something you've done and rejected God and, and strayed far from him? I want to tell you about another young lady. This one's described in the Bible. Her name is Ruth. She actually has a book written about her. And Ruth, as a young woman, uh, Ruth and her birth family, they lived in a, a town called Moab. And in Moab, where they lived, there was a new family that came and moved into town and settled there in Moab. And this new family had come from Bethlehem. Do you know the name of that town? Kind of fits into the Christmas story, doesn't it? I'm going to come back a little later on and tell you how Ruth and Bethlehem and the Christmas story fit together. But first, in the context of Ruth, she, this new family that moved into town had two sons, two boys that were part of the family. And as they had moved and settled in this area, the father actually died premature. He was younger, and he died. But so the single mom had two sons, and she raised them there in Moab. And, and when they were old enough, they were ready to marry. And Ruth married one of the sons, and another girl from her village married the other son. And so the mom and the, the two sons and their wives continued to live for another 10 years in Moab. But eventually, both of those sons died early in life as well. And you can imagine some of the heavy-heartedness of the mom. Her name was Naomi. And she was heavy-hearted. She was sad for her daughters-in-law. She was 
discouraged in life and what God was doing, she felt very bitter. And she actually turned to her daughters-in-law and she said, you might as well just go back to your, to your home village. Go back to your, to your birth families. Go, because I don't have any more sons you can marry. And so there's no point in you staying with me. And the one daughter did that. The one daughter-in-law did. She decided to return back and she hugged both Ruth and her mother-in-law and, and headed back. But Ruth responded with a statement. Actually, it was more like a declaration. She responded with a declaration that revealed something. And I'm going to tell you what that declaration is in just a moment. But what I want you to know about Ruth is that she left her home village and the family that she was raised in, and she, she left it, and she was experiencing something that was more like home than ever before. It was something that Ruth chapter 1 verse 14 describes, that Ruth clung to her mother-in-law. She saw something in her mother-in-law that was, that was deep, that was real, that was eternal. And she clung to her. And, and here's the declaration that she spoke out. As, as, and, sorry, let me just back up a moment. As Ruth saw this in her mother-in-law, we don't know if she ever met her father-in-law. She might have as she, as she grew up and they were in the, the same village. But she was seeing something in her husband and in his brother and in this family that was deep and she longed for it even more than the village she was familiar with that she grew up. And here's the declaration she made when her mother-in-law said, why don't you just go back to your birth family? She said, don't, don't urge me to turn, don't urge me to leave you or turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Ruth witnessed and saw something powerful in this family she had moved, uh, uh, married into. She said, I want what you have. What's inside of you, I want inside of me. There's something eternal. There's something deeper. There's something that all my life needs to be centered around that you have. And she became very emphatic with her mother-in-law. She said, where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. When Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. <laughs> Ruth's life had been changed by the God that Naomi's family worshipped. The everlasting God, the eternal God. She felt, Ruth felt a deep sense of love, inclusion, of lifelong value. It seemed to Ruth that there was a love there that went with Naomi and I don't want to be separated from that love. I want that one thing. I want that love in my life. The team is going to come back out and they're going to sing a song this morning again that is about how God came with his love into this world so your life could be transformed. His, life, his love transformed Ruth's life. And his love has not grown stale or old. It's still relevant for here and now and today. His love that can stir us and transform us can change us. Ruth thought she was home until God stirred his love in her heart. Until God. Until he came in that moment and she was faced with something that was eternal that she wanted for her whole life. Listen in to the words of this song. They describe until God.
We were hopeless, looking for an answer until you. We were hurting, calling for a helper until you. You put a star up in the sky and the angels on high declaring the good news. We were desperate, longing for Savior until That's the truth, is God's love comes down and can change our story. Many of you know that, but some of you, I imagine, who are here today or who are watching online feel more like Abby. 
You feel more of the turmoil of what she's feeling and experiencing. You feel more of the, of the tension inside of her. Can you picture Abby? Of, she was struggling with, is she pretending or somebody else pretending? Is she just going through the motions? What's going on? And she was even probably asking herself that. Maybe you feel like that in Christmas time, this season. Are you pretending? Are other people fake? And are they just making up? Or could there really be this, this loving God and his love came down to change our story? You're going to have to come back the next few weeks to see the rest of Abby's story and what's unfolding within her to see where she responds and does she respond to go home. But I transform it into the invitation that God has for every one of us, that he is inviting us to come home. But may I ask the question, why do you feel like you can't come home to God? If you've been resisting and holding him back, what is it in you that makes you feel like you can't come home to God? Do you feel like he would never receive you back? Do you feel like you're just not worthy anymore? Do you feel like you've done so many wrong, bad, hateful, hurtful things that God would never want to see your face again? Let me point out to you, if that's what you are believing this morning, you are believing a lie. You are believing something that you've allowed to get inside your thinking and thoughts, and you've taken it, and you thought, maybe this is true, maybe this is my own. And God says, no, that's a lie. Because I want you to come home. I want all of my children to come home. Remember I said I would tell you about how Ruth's story connects with the Christmas story? Well, here it is. Let me take you to it. Do you remember Ruth's in-laws, the name of the town that they were from? It was Bethlehem, wasn't it? Now let me read from Luke chapter 2 a bit of the Christmas context and listen for Bethlehem to appear again. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken to the entire Roman world. And everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. Many of you are quite familiar with the context of these events, that Joseph and Mary were to be married, but they were, Mary was expecting to have a child, and the baby who she did give birth to was named Jesus. Jesus, the one who would take sin away from all people. And Joseph, we see here, is described as being from the line of David, and that's King David. So back in Joseph's lineage, his heritage, his ancestors, goes all the way back to King David. And do you know who King David's great-grandmother was? Ruth. That day that Ruth decided, no, I'm going with you, Naomi. I want to go where you go. I want to live where you live. I want your God to be my God. That day, God's plan to bring love into the world took a big step forward. Because he said, here's a woman who's willing to carry the vision and heart. I want my love to come to this world. And it came down all through the, the family line to Joseph and to Mary. And Jesus was born to bring God's love into this world. Generations later, in the family of Ruth, we find out more. Listen to the message of the love. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. 
And she, Mary, gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And while all this was all unfolding, you know that some shepherds were out taking care of the sheep. The angels showed up to them and they said, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people, everyone. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you that you will find the babe wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. Here's the message of the angels declaring glory to God because he's bringing peace to all men, all women, all children, all teenagers. Peace to this earth on whom his favor rests. Now some of us have begun to believe a lie again. Oh, there's that word, upon whom his favor rests. Well, I don't have favor with God. He wouldn't pick me. There's another lie that the enemy wants you to believe. God desires every person, and every person who responds and says yes to God's love, he says, then come, you're one of my favorites. <laughs> you're one of my favorites, because you are responding to the love I have for you, and I, I draw you close to me. I draw you in. See, through Jesus, God made it possible for his love to come into this world. It's still not a perfect world 2,000 years later after Jesus. It's still not a world without pain. It's still not a world without division. But what God, the message that's still the same is God says, keep coming home. Come to me. Come to me because I have a place for you. Now, in the video, we watched as Abby's mom was reaching out to her. And she kept saying, I just want you to know we love you. You are always welcome. This is the same message I believe God is saying to every one of us. He's saying to us the same thing. Come home. He's saying, he's saying I just want you to know I love you. You are always welcome here. And he's inviting us to come. To come back to him. To come and respond. But those words of come home, I love you, actually mean nothing Unless you believe them and receive them personally. Unless you believe there is a God who is a God of love who sent his son at this time of the year that we celebrate as of Christmas. And believe and say, I believe you sent your son to bring love into my life. I want to receive that message. I want to receive that truth. For once you say yes to God in your heart, God then comes and he wants to give you a whole new world. He wants to give you a whole new life. He wants to touch you in a deep, passionate way, personal way. Now, we've done some different things here this morning in our service time, some music that's been amazing, and it's really stirring. And, and if, this was, if we were to ramp this up and take it into being a, a, a musical, a Christmas musical, or just a musical in general, I might introduce a song at this moment of From the Greatest Showman. Uh, do you remember the song, From Now On? What does the chorus say? Come back home. Come back home again. And no, I'm not going to sing it or dance it out here for you. But when you hear that song, that song, that musical was about a number of people in life that were rejected, cast away. And, and along comes P.T. Barnum. And he says, no, you have value. You have a gift. You have something in you. 
P.T. Barnum in that message was he had his own purposes and agenda to make some money and do a business. And, but he, he was on to the truth a little bit. But the eternal truth is from the greatest orchestra, orchestrator of all times. And he says, no, you have value. I created you. You have life and I love you. And I want you to come home again. And he continues to draw all people to come home.